You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at Patreon.com slash Thunderquack, just like our Patreon producers, Brian Murowski and JJ Samuel do. Or, you know, you can wait, you can get it late on Fridays, podcast services across the galaxy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. I, welcome. Yeah, I... I I am in a state right now where I almost have too many things that I want to talk about uh, that I don't even know where to start because I've just been like, I don't know. I've just been, been consuming some really, really good stuff lately. Um, I've still only seen Shang-Chi once and (laughs) It it hurts that I have only seen Shang-Chi once. It especially hurts that I'll be seeing Venom on Thursday night. But I will have only seen Shang-Chi once. I said it um, twice. This is like the first thing that yeah. I've ever like. <laughs> that you that you beat me to the punch on? That I beat you I, to the punch on, yeah. But let me just let me just throw out there really quick. <clears throat> Star Wars Visions was awesome. Uh incredible. Nice. All all nine, I think, episodes. I, I dropped all at once. They range from like seven or eight minutes to like 22 or 23 minutes uh, a piece. So they, they're all each it's an anthology. So everything's kind of <clears throat> a little bit different. Um, the, the great thing about it is that is that there is such a variety of stories within it that I, that I truly think that there's something for every type of star Wars fan. If you don't care about star Wars and you are only into anime, I don't know that you're necessarily going to get as much out of it. You might, but it's, it is definitely more star Wars and less anime. Um, I, with the exception of maybe, maybe two of the shorts, uh, which are a little bit more full on anime, but, but I, I, but it, but it's great. Um, there's only a couple of them that I'll probably skip uh, I, if, if I were to go in and rewatch. Um, but there are also a couple in there that are some of my favorite Star Wars stories ever. So um, like mission accomplished as far as 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 what the goal for Star Wars Visions was, which if people don't know, is it's an anthology series of, of short stories set against a star wars backdrop not necessarily in the universe because i they don't they're not they're not considered continuity or at least it doesn't matter whether or not they're in continuity um and they're all done by by some of the best uh anime studios um uh out of japan uh actually i you know i shouldn't say out of japan i don't know if they're all japanese studios or not but um but I know that several of them are Japanese studios. So, uh, 
but it's it but it's fantastic and everybody should go watch it check it out uh, specifically i uh, uh the village bride and the ninth jedi i think are 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 two very 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 good star wars stories um uh the elder is also another good one uh lop and ocho is is another really good one so <clears throat> there's like i said there's nine of them they're awesome go watch them you can even just like it it's it's one of those things where it's like you just watch like one or two at a time. You don't have to. There's no there's no storyline that goes through it all. Like each one is its own thing. And they also don't really connect to the movies. They don't really connect to any of the other like expanded universe stuff. Uh, it They're just. Like it's it's really nice to have Star Wars content that's just like here, enjoy a Star Wars. <laughs> without like baggage or research that needs to be done or context that needs to be given or anything like that. It's just like, as a matter of fact, and with some of them, it's like, you got to turn that stuff off because it's uh, this actually doesn't make sense. <laughs> this actually isn't part of part. It's it, like, cause a couple of them are almost like reimaginings. Um, but with the, the first one, Ronin is very much like a, a feudal Japan, but they have lightsabers and blasters and there are alien species from star Wars and stuff like that. But it is very much like, uh, I, uh, I, that's one of the ones that's like very anime, um, and less star Wars. It's almost like they, they borrowed aesthetic from star Wars and put and overlaid it onto an existing anime story, but it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's cool stuff in there, be, and there's some there, there's something yeah. in there for every anime fan, I think, and every Star Wars fan. I, I, so if if either of those things appeal to anybody, I think check that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing I keep hearing is how beautiful it is. That's like what not just from me, oh, but from like other. I like, mean, it's just like yeah. yeah, it's that's almost one of those things where it's like I'm not even gonna say it because it's like, yeah, Lucasfilm gave the seven of the best anime studios in the world a bunch of money and said go 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 do your thing which is i think the best part of it is that they were just like go do your thing this isn't a show it's a series uh and uh and and each one of them can be whatever it's gonna be and some of them feel very open-ended to where like where you're like so in season two we're gonna get more of this is that um or like like they definitely leave it open I mean, one of them, one of the stories is very much like, hey, this is the first chapter of a much bigger story. Um, and uh, uh, and for me is like this could this could very well be the future of Star Wars if if they wanted it to be that like uh, the story takes place like way in the future. And so it's like it's so disconnected from everything else that it's like. Yeah, just go. Just go tell a new story. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah, go check that out. Uh, I, Amanda and I were talking a little bit, and, and if you want to hear in more detail, I, I then you got you to gotta pay $10. But I, I, I am caught up on Ted Lasso as of today. Um, since the last time you and I recorded, I have watched all of Ted Lasso, basically. I, nice. And, wow. I, and, I remember and you saying that you were going to watch... What, well, didn't you tweet that you were going to watch that and Midnight Mass like in tandem with one another? I, yes, that was the plan. 
that was the plan was that I okay, I'll watch like an episode of Midnight Mass and then and then I'll watch an episode of of Ted Lasso as like a palate cleanser before I go to bed so that I'm not going yeah. to bed thinking about Midnight Mass. I uh, two things happened. Ted Lasso was so good that I just like I just mainlined it. I was just like hook it to my vein, go. <laughs> Um, and I just, I've watched the, the, the most recent three episodes this morning while I was working. Don't, don't, don't tell my, uh, coworkers or, or, or my bosses, uh, cause I was definitely much more focused on Ted Lasso than I was on work. I was, I was getting work done, but maybe not as efficiently as I could have been. Uh, I'll make up. I'm for always so jealous Sunday that too. artists get to watch TV while they do their, that thing. I can have so a second. I have three monitors, yeah. right? So I've got the laptop yeah, screen yeah, yeah. and then I have the two monitors. So it's very easy to throw something up. No, normally it's ASMR cause it helps me focus. But okay. I, 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 which, which for anybody who's keeping score, like I said in that episode where we talk about ASMR, I was like, this might be one of those things where it's like, I do it like crazy for two weeks and then drop off and forget that I ever had that phase. That has not been the case. It's part of my, my work routine. It's part of my daily routine really. Um, Cause it's just like, it's, it's been very helpful in, in, in allowing me to focus. Ted Lasso is the opposite of that. Um, but, but, <laughs> but it made my morning very, very enjoyable. My afternoon was not so great, but I had finished Ted Lasso by then. So, you know, are these things related? Probably. Um, but yeah, so I had to mainline that. The other thing is that midnight mass, which is the third thing that I was going to bring up is not what I thought it was going to be. It's very different. Uh, if you've watched the haunting of Hill house and the haunting of Bly Manor, those are both ghost stories, strictly speaking, ghost stories, right? Um, and they're both phenomenal. Mike Flanagan's a genius. I, uh, uh, he's he just his his uh, he like he wields the horror genre like a weapon to tell dramatic character stories. And it's like, I don't know that there's anybody else out there that, that tells stories the way that he tells them. He's so good. Midnight mass is not a ghost story. I'm not going to say what it is because I want people to experience that for themselves. But just if, if Hill house and Bly Manor were not your cup of tea, um, because you don't want to watch spooky ghost uh, shows with, that That's are me. like, because because they're like they're like uh, the Grudge or the Ring, you know, like like yeah. like like creepy uh, ghosts out of the corner of your eye. Midnight Mass is scary. It's it's creepy. It's tense. It's it's stressful. It's suspenseful. But um, at a certain point, the story opens up, and you and you figure out what it is, what what it's actually about, and. I'm only four episodes in. So, so take wow. all of this with that. There's seven episodes. So I'm about halfway through. I'm halfway through the fourth episode. So I am literally at the halfway point. So hopefully so you far, understand what it's about by now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, so far it, it started with some of like, like the, the very like stock Mike Flanagan stuff that I expected but then in the last episode and a half, it's like veered into this other territory that is that is a different thing that that. um, Yeah, I'll, you know, I will probably talk about it 
um, on the on an October uh, uh, off the record. Uh, I think. I mean, maybe that. I guess that's the next episode that I record, right? So, so. yeah, yeah, I will. I will. I'll talk about it on the next one and I'll, and I'll get into it. Cause I think, I think it's, I think it's worth talking about, but, um, I, and, and Amanda, you're not going to watch this show, right? I can't imagine I will because it, it, even though it's not like Bly Manor or the really haunting you spoopy stuff, I still think it's probably too creepy for me to watch. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I will say there, there are a lot of jump scares of a pair of glowing eyes and like, they're not, they don't glow in like, uh, in like a, a cartoony or, uh, I, I like, like, uh, uh, like ghost monster movie way, but in like a very, um, like nature documentary, uh, like shining a flashlight into a field at night and seeing a bunch of eyes staring back at you. Um, so it's like, well, like there are a lot of jump scares with that sort of stuff. I, so far that is as spooky, scary as it's gotten. And for me, it's like a, whatever, that's fine. I, I'll, I'll, I'll manage. I'll, I won't look in any mirrors late at night right now but uh while i'm watching the show but i i but i'll be fine i'll 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 survive i'm not gonna give myself any heart attacks but but there is like another context that gets added onto it that for me takes it out of like spooky scary into a different into a different genre um that that for me is easier to to it it go it goes into a much more fantastical place than a supernatural place. That's all. That's all as right. far as I'm gonna go. Um, cool. But I uh, but I'm loving it. It's so good. I mean, I just I think that that Mike Flanagan, like I said, I think he's a genius. Um, he is. There aren't a lot of auteurs that work in in television, right? It tends to be. Like the auteur tends to work in film because they have more control. But as we've talked about over the last couple of years, streaming services have created this space. And and Mike Flanagan's a really great example of like like Netflix has basically like Netflix just writes a check to him every year now and says, Get us a show by Halloween, please. And he does. <laughs> and uh and it's perfect because it's like because i'm just just like i'm i'm right in the mood for this right now it's september it's gloomy outside like give me some spooky scaries and uh yeah i it i it's 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 just it's exactly uh it's not it might not be what my expectations had in in mind um but it is exactly what i wanted from them like and 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 as I talk about a lot of the time, I really like being surprised by stuff. I and it, like this is a great example of it. Of like, I thought I was going into one thing, and and in the second episode, I'm like, is this, is this a mm, no? I'm probably being silly. And then in the third episode, I was like, oh no, <laughs> awesome! <laughs> it is what I thought it was, and it just yeah, it it makes me very happy. I, uh, because uh, it's uh, it's an aspect of a specific horror genre that I don't think gets treated this way very often, and has been treated in a very poor way by a franchise that Amanda you love. I, I, 
Uh, very poorly very poorly you're, just, you're getting, just on, you are getting very spoilery now just so you know i think there's enough I, people know us enough like even now I, I know what midnight mass is about i think i think i yeah that was a hint for you <laughs> and i think that I'm like, like huh. you know <laughs> yeah i know but uh interesting yeah. that's not what i would have expected at all that's not how they're okay yeah. okay okay yeah yeah, All we'll right. talk about it. Right. We'll t- I'll t- I'll tell yeah. you. I'll give you some more details off mic uh, after after yeah, we're yeah. done recording because yeah, yeah. I think okay, like cool. if there was one that you were gonna watch, like there are two reasons. It would be this one. Yeah. What I'm skirting around, and also Rahul Kohli is just yeah. Yeah. like he is I just. <laughs> I just so I tweeted <laughs> yesterday while I was watching. I love him. And not like yeah. I love his performances or I love the characters that he plays. I love him. I am in love with him in the same way that I am in love with Oscar Isaac. And he's on the list. <laughs> he's on the list. If well, and But here's the thing about wow. Rahul Kohli. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. They keep shooting these things in Vancouver. He's <laughs> also friends with the guys from Kind of Funny. I have had oh. conversations with the guys from Kind of Funny. I feel like I am only a couple of degrees removed from Rahul Kohli, and Whoa. and I could very well end up in the same room with him at some point in my life. And that's a that's a very dangerous game for me to be playing, you know. Uh, but yeah, I yeah. but I'm gonna play it nonetheless. It's I okay. I don't care. I will play with this oh. fire. Uh, there you and, go. And okay. I, I'm I'm gonna play with this specific fire. <laughs> kind of hoping that i get burned you know what i mean okay like Ooh, racy yeah How like exciting. it wouldn't be the worst <laughs> thing it wouldn't be the worst thing it, the burn the burn would be worth it and it would be like that good kind of burn you know what i mean sure i uh, yeah. uh yeah midnight mass is fantastic i think that everybody should go watch it as soon as we're done here i'm gonna finish the fourth episode and i'll probably watch the 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 next three over the course of like the next day or two. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I, 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 I I will circle back to this conversation with you, the listeners on, uh, uh, Tuesday in one week, you guys will get my full thoughts on midnight mass. Uh, what have you been watching, Amanda? I just talked about three things that I'm in love with. What, what do you, what do you, what are you wasting your time on that? You're not finishing community, or watching Ted Lasso or The Incredible Hulk. So actually The Incredible Hulk is fine. You don't have to watch that. It's a bad week for me to talk about this because it's not anything that people probably are familiar with. But I am like you know what? More often than not, people do understand like people watch the Netflix Korean dramas. So I feel like I'm not completely out on a ledge. But there's a new one that is on I feel like I talked about it previously, but um called Hometown Cha Cha. And it comes out every weekend. I, I think and you have talked about this one. I have. And it's like, I again, I'm watching it because I watched a, another Netflix one called Startup. And the guy, I thought that the lead character was the wrong guy. Like I got, I clocked the wrong lead and I was really upset about it. Anyways, the guy that didn't wind up being the lead of Startup is the lead in this. So he will, he will, because Korean dramas are reliable he will get the girl at the end which makes me happy and so that's why sort of i started watching it and i wasn't really into it in the beginning but now i'm like they've gotten into the good stuff so i'm like i'm enjoying it so i i am watching that but because it's only on every other like every weekend i need to watch something during the week so i was watching random shipper videos as i tend to do and then i saw this one that's like 
that just seemed like it had cool scenes from it. And it's called Tempted. And basically it's a um a Korean adaptation of Dangerous Liaisons. So like the French novel that was Cruel Intentions. So if people like have seen Cruel Intentions, which people should have watched Cruel Intentions because it's a it's a joyful 90s romp. Um but anyways, it it was like an adaptation of that. And I kind of like it when Korean dramas get to be a little bit like racy and because they never do. Um, so it was kind of nice to like watch a Korean drama that reminded me so much of Gossip Girl. And that just made me really happy. Um, and it was like shorter episodes. So that's so that is something that I have recently watched. And then, I, like I say, I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think I told you that already because it was it came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm trying to I was trying to finish that up. So I'm almost done Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And then I'm not watching any real television, though, like that in terms of like, I feel like the stuff that everybody's everybody's watching. Maybe that's not true. I'm watching. I, I watched. Did I already talk about watching Worth? The um, it's the it's like a biopic, basically, about uh, the lawyer that was in charge of doling out the like victims uh, compensation fund after 9-11. Oh, the, the and, Michael Keaton. Because um, I. Yeah. Yeah. No, you haven't talked about that. Um, Have you been watching it? Yeah, I did. So I did. So I watched that. It's a movie. And I watched it while I was in New York because I was in New York for 9-11, like the anniversary, like the um, 20th anniversary. And I didn't wind up doing like going down to like any of the stuff. But I was like, you know what? I I sort of want to watch this and see. Um, And it's it's harrowing, obviously. But it's like but in a way that is like I really like it. Like if you like like the big short or like 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 movies that are about things that actually happened that are kind of I I really Mm -hmm. like those kinds of movies tonally. Um, So I enjoyed watching it. But then what it uh, what it prompted me is to watch. There's now there's a Netflix documentary uh, series that's like six episodes and it's called like 9-11 The Path to Here or something. I can't really remember exactly what it is, Um, but it's like the, the recent. 9-11 9-11 doc and yeah what I can tell is and so it's just it's I mean I paid very little attention to what was happening at the time I think like I mean we all were paying attention to 9-11 when it happened but yeah I but we I were children really Amanda not, like, you, you, you can children. cut yourself some yeah, slack exactly. on this one <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but um it is graphic and disturbing and upsetting to watch these episodes so i'm only three episodes in but Mm. i can tell that the sixth episode is basically what do we do now that we're mucking up afghanistan again like that's basically like you can see that that's because it goes into like what was happening at the time that the um like the terrorists were planning 9-11 and you look and you're kind of like hey uh we should really be careful about how we like let regime changes like take over in time like it's just it's so now that the taliban is back in power it's uh anyways i can tell that that's where the doc is leading is sort of a like Mm -hmm. deconstruction of like what do we do now and how do we stop this from happening because the the biggest thing about looking back at it is just that all of the all of the pieces and how they fit together and 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 how this happened that you can you can see the evolution of of what happened and when you could clock that and you look at what's happening now and you go, well, wh- what let's, we need to do something to make parts of the world hurt less so that individuals <laughs> don't feel like they yeah. need to react in that. And I know that that's really, um, really reductive, but it's like history repeating itself, right? It's been 20 years and Afghanistan is right back where it was. 
20 years ago. Right. And you just kind of go, what, like, how do you, how do you, how do you get there again? Like, how how does that happen? How do, how do we as a society let that happen? Anyways. So uh, a little light fare that I've got on my, (laughs) on my palette right now. Um, So you can tell why I watch the Korean dramas to sort of go in between it, but definitely I do recommend worth for sure. Uh, Michael Keaton is great in it. And the other woman is, uh amy something she's she plays um holly in the office um and so i think she does she does a pretty good job too so i yeah i enjoyed that Um, cool so yeah that's the stuff that's my i feel like there's definitely other netflix recs if i if i like thrillers i would watch squid game i feel like people should watch squid game because it's doing so well on netflix and i think that it's cool to give more korean television shows love and everybody likes the thrillers so um what else? I don't know. I feel like there's always there's always things. I want to watch Cinderella, but I haven't yet. That's like on my my list. Oh, and the My Little Pony movie came out. Sorry, I'm just thinking about this because I oh, we watched it. We watched it. Oh, did you? Yeah, My oh, Little Pony: The Next okay. Generation. Yeah, we watched it on yeah, yeah. Saturday. Saturday, oh, okay. yeah, because okay. Crystal was working. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, I put it on for the girls, and uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It seems cute. Know. It seems cute. So yeah, it's, it's got mean, it. It it has some moments, but to me, it's almost. I like the cast a lot. It's a it's a really great cast. I uh, I, but there are a few jokes where it's like you're. It, this is trying a little bit too hard to be like a, to be like a Lego movie. Oh, like, yeah, a, yeah, like, yeah. A, like a, like mm-hmm. a, Hey, look at all of our pop culture references within this pop culture reference. Um, and it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that like, like they are, they are moments that don't really do anything to serve the story. They're just, there's a lot of visual gags and there's a lot of, there's a lot of pun brands in the background that right. it's like, all right. Okay. Like the word pony in the Sony font, like it's the Sony logo, but it's pony on a big screen TV. And it's like, okay, I don't know. It's cute, but like, but it also is a little bit, it's also a little, you're also a little bit like, okay, guys, like we get it after like the fifth one. You're like, okay, thanks. Um, But, uh, but like the core, the core story is really good. Um, the the songs the songs could you could have used maybe another another draft <laughs> there's a couple of because there's i think there's like five songs or something like that in it i was only half paying attention as like i was like on my phone doing stuff while the girls were watching and and we were eating lunch and so i'm cleaning up and stuff like that so i didn't really like track track it but i think there was like five times that they break into song and there's a couple of them the 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 uh i don't know any of the characters names Ken Jeong plays one of the ponies uh, <laughs> and he has like a, he has like, it's, it's like, it's like they wanted it to be like the scar be prepared. Oh yeah. 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 Moment mm-hmm. in Lion King where you're like, wait a second, those hyenas are goose stepping and it's, <laughs> but it's like, <clears throat> cause it, cause uh, for, for those who don't know the, 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 the story of it is that like, this is like, f- for some reason, far in the future of the pony of the, my little pony mythology, like connecting into the friendship is magic stuff. Um, 
where it's like this is like i don't know i they never give a time frame but like a thousand years or something like that in the future so they have like the ponies now have technology and stuff like they have tvs and rollerblades and it's it's not it's not um fantasy based like like friendship is magic was i i but so so it's it's more like like they're more like all like modern and stuff like that um but the three types of ponies earth ponies you know regular ponies (laughs) pegasus ponies which are ponies with wings and unicorn ponies which are ponies with a single you know unicorn horn I, they've all, something happened. We, I don't, I, maybe I missed it. I don't think we ever get a a proper explanation of what happened, but something happened in the past where the, there was a war between these three factions. (laughs) My little pony is so ridiculous now. It's the greatest. (laughs) I love, I love it so much. This cast is amazing, by the way. The cast is fantastic. Like the cast is, is, is like. Like it's like got the core cast. like voice actors that are the yeah. voice actors of it, like Tara Strong and like Ashley. Ball no, okay, so they're all credited, they but they're only they're credited. A, a couple of them. A couple of them do a couple of additional voices. Most of them are credited because there's a there is literally like two minutes at the beginning, and oh, then okay. and then okay. we don't see those characters ever again. So like, okay. it but that's it opens with those characters and then it very quickly right. shifts gears into into the new the, into the a different thing. I don't, what okay. do they call it? The new generation? Whatever. I, right. I with Vanessa Hudson's. Yeah, exactly. Hudgens. Whatever. James Marsden, I love him. Anyways, yeah. yes, you're talking like the big war and then they have to like find out. I mean, I watched the trailer. <laughs> yeah, so so well, I'm telling the the listeners, Amanda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not just okay. telling you. They, they can also watch the trailer. They can, or but they're listening the to the podcast right now. So <laughs> I'm going to tell them I'm a t- I'm better okay. than the trailer. Good. You do. Uh, it. That's fair. I, I support that. So the, they're all separated and like, the, like these, these three races of ponies, like, like they never say the word race, but look, come on, let's, let's, let's be honest with what we're doing here. These three different races of ponies are now segregated um, and, and afraid of each other. For, because it's been however long and they've all just learned to to avoid like they don't have any contact whatsoever until this story begins and of course our hero i i the vanessa hudgens p- pony her father i i is like an archaeologist basically <laughs> he's an archaeologist pony you know makes perfect sense i <laughs> it's so ridiculous like it's like it's so hard to say this stuff and he's he's like yeah well you know like like the every this is what everybody says but i but according to my latest findings i i at one point in time all of the the different ponies got got along and and i can't find a reason for why you know why everybody's afraid of each other or whatever so it's like so maybe we could get back to that and so she's been raised with that mentality um but then, like, there are a couple of other characters that are very, like, um, oh, man, not to put too fine of a fine a point on it, but they are definitely mega ponies. I, I, uh, Jane, mm-hmm. Jane Krakowski plays a pony who uh, she's like she runs like a tech company. And the point of this tech company is like to protect them against. <clears throat> they're earth ponies right so to protect them against the pegasus ponies and, and the unicorn ponies <clears throat> Whoa. i 
and so like like she she runs like 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 tesla basically <laughs> but tesla for uh xenophobes <laughs> like right. you know yeah. what maybe i don't or even need tesla. to qualify that just that's just yeah, tesla yeah, uh, I, 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 th- I think we're all under. Uh, uh, I think we've all realized now that Elon Musk is a horrible person. Cool. Uh, and so Ken Jeong is <laughs> so weird. Like, it, there's no logic to it to some of the casting. They were just like, cool person, cool person, cool person, cool person. Go be in this movie. A lot of really great, funny people uh, that give great performances. But, uh, but Ken Jeong plays her son jane krakowski's son which is like doesn't make any sense in terms of like the two of them i'm just talking age wise like it's like it doesn't make any sense and ken <laughs> jong doesn't really do anything to make himself sound younger but that's fine um he's very funny in it and he he like declares himself emperor at one point and then he sings a song that that was supposed to be his his scar be prepared moment and the song is not good it's not good. So the other songs are like catchy. Like Vanessa Hudgens sings a song and you're like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a kid's movie, but it's a bop, you know, like it's, 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 it's a good song. I don't want to listen to it, but my girls got up and danced at the end of the movie. Uh, Dude. Dance like crazy. And that's the point. It's not for me. Right. It's for them. So like, I'm not, it, that, that is a, that is a, uh, I'll call it an appropriate judgment. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm being <laughs> yeah. judgy, but it's like, yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, that one Ken Jeong song, I was like, like, I stopped what I was doing. and was like, what is happening right now? I, this is like border. This is, this is borderline inappropriate. I don't, uh, like, and I was, I'm watching it. You're like, I, they, they are totally going for that. Be prepared vibe. But, right. but like, come on. You can't, you're not, I don't, I don't know who they got to write these songs for, for the My Little Pony movie, but I mean, like, it's not Elton John. So, you know, it, it, they, it's not, it's not that good. I, I, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they shot for the stars and, uh, and they missed on that one, but, they uh, but a I, certain amount of, I appreciate the attempt. By Hietor Pereira. Sure. The guy that also did Angry Birds, it looks like original okay. music. That's composer. That's composer, not necessarily songwriter. Yeah. B for Vendetta, sure Tears the... of the Sun, Despicable Me. Interesting. The Angry Birds movies, know. both of them, very good, very good kids movies. I mean, like, no. like they're not, they aren't gonna change your life or anything like that. But, uh, but, but pretty good, pretty good. The best kids movies of the last few years, uh, coming out of China. Uh, Pearl Studio, yeah. fantastic stuff. They did uh, uh, Abominable, which is one of my favorite yeah, anime movies yeah, from yeah. the last five years. Yeah. Uh, uh, they did um, uh, Over the Moon, which just came out on Netflix right. not that long yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, and I think they've got one other one that they did that I really like, but I can't remember what it was. But uh, but yeah, I uh, it's funny like. Disney and Pixar have been doing decent stuff, I think. Good stuff. Dude, but this, uh, this guy did the music also for Paw Patrol, the movie. There you go. That makes sense. What a big... Uh, did I talk about the Paw Patrol movie? And Smallfoot. 
You the, didn't wind up talking about Paw Patrol. The Paw Patrol movie was really good. Like, like you said something like it was like it was something firing on all. So I don't. You used some sort of. Yeah, it it like, did everything that a yeah. Paw Patrol movie was supposed to do. It's hype from start to finish. Like, That's what you said. Hype that, from yeah. start to finish. That's what you said. Hundred percent. Like they just cranked it up to eleven, and they were like, "Don't touch that knob." The whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie is just like amazing and the paw patrol theme song or not the theme song but like when they're when they're uh morphing into their power ranger forms um because paw patrol is power rangers for for uh preschoolers um there's a there's like a a, like a beat that's like the lyric of them going like go 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 and it's just like if 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 the movie had a vibe it was that beat just the whole time and like they didn't literally do it it's not it's not a christopher nolan movie they didn't they they're not that lazy but i i can you can you believe that i just used the paw patrol movie to make a dig at christopher nolan one of the most critically acclaimed directors of our generation i love it i love it but I stand by it because what a hack. Uh, he's just made the same movie 15 times. I don't know how many movies he's made. Interstellar is not a good movie. I, you, No one will ever convince me that Interstellar is a good movie. That movie is boring as... I enjoyed it. I expletive. Enjoyed it. And it's I like, yeah, I just... It's Dude. almost like... It's almost like cultural appropriation of science. <laughs> because it's... Because wow. like at a certain point, you're wow. like... You're like... I, you are saying what? a lot of scientific things. You are saying a lot of scientific That's not what things. Science fiction is. I don't understand mm. what you want. Except that Christopher Nolan has this attitude with his films, and it, it extends to the way that he talks to people in interviews as well. That like that he actually knows what he's talking about. Whereas like I don't think that anybody's going to go to Dune and be like. I'm going to make some logical conclusions about space travel based on this film. Whereas interstellar acts like, Hey, this is how it would actually be. And it's like, Oh no, no, this is silly, silly. This is silly, silly sci-fi. It's hard sci-fi, but it's silly, silly, hard sci-fi. Like don't act like Miller's planet is like based on actual science. It's based on scientific theory. But it's not, but this, it's very much like, hey, let's take some science and do some like sandbox science fiction with it. But he's very good at convincing the audience that he researched something. (laughs) And it's like, it's just like Inception where it's like, if you stop for two seconds and think about Inception, that movie just crumbles like sand. Like it just, and, and that's to me, that's all of his movies with the exception of Memento and the Prestige. I really like, I, I honestly feel like. I do like, I do like those two. He, I have he, to. He peaked really early. Paw Patrol, however, um, knows exactly what it is and delivers exactly what it, what you ask for. And is, uh, I mean, like for what it wants to be, it's a 10 out of 10. So it's a, it's a, it is a, it is as good as a Paw Patrol movie is going to get. I'll tell you that. Well, there you go. I, I mean, That's, animated. I, I think if they did anime, a live yeah, action one, yeah. that they could that they could take it to another level. And I'm 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 I would love to talk to those producers and figure out why they decided against that because I think that a live action Paw Patrol would be like earth shattering. But they didn't. But it's one of the few because it's one of the few properties that's actually owned by an animation company, right? Yeah. So. 
Um, well, I'm animation company. No, <laughs> it's owned by a toy company, actually. Well, uh, yes. yes uh, I mean, it's Spin Masters <laughs> is primarily Spin Masters. I, I, yeah. Toys. Toys. They are. They're um, called Spin Masters. They're a toy company through and through. I have to um talk about um Kamiko Glenn because I hadn't paid attention to who she is. Yeah. Because she is the voice in in it of the what Izzy Moonbeam or whatever it is. Yeah. But she is Penny Parker from Spider Verse, and then yep. also in a bunch of stuff. She plays Kara in your Star Wars Visions. She does. That you talked about. Yeah. How she cool. does. Yep. Anyway. She's she is having. Uh, a, a moment also an over the as moon. well. Uh, like, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. She so and, many things. and oh, she's gosh. awesome. She's a, she's such a great uh, voice actor. Um, yeah. 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 She's nice. really nailed it cool. on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Nice. And she also does live action, and that's I think rare for somebody that was so staunchly like she's she's like staunch in live in uh in voice acting, but she's also done a few like actual um IRL life IRL life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's also she was also on Ducktales. She was Lena on Ducktales. Um, she's so so on Orange Is the New Black. If you watched yeah. if you watched far enough into that series, I think she shows up in season three or four. Cool. Uh, nice. Yeah, I I think Orange Is the New Black is probably the thing that people would recognize her from in live action. Right. But uh, ooh, she was in Voltron. Man alive. Was she? Big... Who, who did she play in Voltron? Yeah. Voltron, legendary defender, as oh. uh, Ez, Azor in fourteen episodes. Azor, I didn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't remember that, that character. I, I need to watch Voltron again. That's one of those ones that I feel like I need to. I need to. But the problem with Voltron and and a rewatch is that like the first two seasons are a little rough. Like it doesn't. It's kind of. It's kind of like. Watched. Really? Oh, like the later stuff, yeah. all of a sudden, like it turns into like a full on anime. The first the first oh, okay. two seasons are more like Saturday morning cartoon of like, the, and then we went to this planet and had this adventure. And it's like, OK, this is like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I enjoy it. But um, the best thing that they do in Voltron Legendary Defender is that Voltron, like 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 all of the lions coming together into into Voltron yeah. doesn't happen every episode. Which is the like that's yeah, the yeah. easy that's like fair. Power yeah. Rangers every every episode they use the Megazord, but on Voltron it's like and especially as the series goes on it's like you see Voltron less and less, but also it it becomes more and more impactful when you do because it's like oh like now this is the real stuff, um yeah that show oh man that show gets so good and I'm I don't I don't know if I'm in the majority in that sentiment, but I really, really enjoyed it. I really liked the, I mean, I liked it. I liked what I watched. I liked what I watched. And I, again, maybe it's just now you're making me think that I don't finish things. Cause I definitely didn't you finish don't. watching that. You definitely, you don't, okay. you don't finish things. I'm surprised yeah. you finished Smallville. I'm surprised you finished arrow with me. Come on. At this Come point on. now, I'm very surprised about these things. I feel like if <laughs> I, here's the, here's the deal. Here's the deal, Amanda. If I wasn't, if I didn't get that TiVo in 2008 or whatever it was and start recording Smallville well, and holding on to those recordings and, yes. and watching it with you. Yes. Would you have finished Smallville? No, I think that there's not. a 50, 50 chance that you would, you, that we would be sitting and, and we wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast. But right I would, now. 
but I would have been worse for it because the better seasons are the latter seasons, in my opinion, because that's when yeah. the is there. Oh, the last two seasons like. are some of the best of the show. Yeah, it's like the first three seasons and then the last two. That's yeah. that to me. Everything in the middle and then there. Just muck in the middle. I don't know. Season don't eight know is going on season there. eight is pretty rough. I don't know. Yeah. Um, season eight's know. doomsday. Yeah. 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 Not good. Not good. <laughs> oh, even though it even though it does heavily feature, uh, 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 uh guy liner himself, Sam Witwer. Uh, uh, but, yeah, uh, I mean, he's he's good. But I, you know, it, here's the thing: season eight of Smallville, I give a pass because Sam because it it didn't introduce me to Sam Witwer. I think the mist introduced me to Sam Witwer. Really? Yeah. The the remake of the remake of Being Human introduced me to Sam Witwer. Well, so if no, I don't think that that's I don't think that that's accurate because I don't think that Being Human happened until after season eight of Smallville, Amanda. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because it ran for four maybe seasons. Maybe I watched. Maybe I watched it because of Sam Witwer. Then. That's this is what I'm driving at. This that's where I was going, but you. Oh, you didn't okay. just derail the train. You like solo style. You blew up the bridge that the train was about to cross. And now that, okay. and now uh, if, if, unless I can get this thing attached and Chewie can get the thing decoupled, uh, we're going to blow up against a mountain because the coaxium is highly volatile. That's Star Wars. Huh. Yeah, movie. no, this was definitely, this was definitely after. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it, it, you just like you you needed to check you needed to check no one else needed to check everybody else heard the conviction in my voice of like amanda that doesn't logically make any sense that sam what were what did they do take a year off of being human so he could go be on smallville no he did one and then the other but he was in he was in the mist before that and i'm pretty sure that's the first time it might not have been the first time that i saw him in something i'd have to look at his imdb which i will right now but um it is the first time that i took note of sam witwer and his uh piercing beautiful eyes uh <laughs> uh oh man what a what a what a pretty man that sam witwer is uh one of the best vampires ever uh, see now here's my problem is that i quite like the aiden dude that played the vampire in the original and so i could never quite yeah. get into him as the vampire anymore. you know what you can you can go ahead and 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 like your uh, crybaby being human i can but, yep uh, i will enjoy but, my crybaby thank you very much yeah it's not fine see, see here's 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 the thing about sam Whitworth. The Mist is absolutely not the first time that I ever saw him in something because he was on an episode of ER. I uh, I he was on an episode of Dark Angel. Uh, I haven't seen Ooh. all of ER, so I mean, like, there's, I watched it's possible, all of Dark Angel, Come but on. I've definitely watched all of Dark Angel. Uh, he's in an yeah. episode of Angel. I oh. uh, I uh, he's in an episode of Enterprise. I probably haven't seen that one because Enterprise sucks. I, and he plays sloth number three. I don't know if we would have necessarily um, recognized. I didn't see him in Battlestar Galactica. I know that that's where a lot of people were introduced to him because uh, he's in 11 episodes of Battlestar Galactica, but I've never been able to get into Battlestar. Uh, I, he's in an episode of Bones. He's in three episodes of Dexter. 
before he was in the mist. Um, he is in one episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Muscular Guy in Store. I have it. I watched that one yet? 2007. Well, yeah, that's season three. I'm past season three. I must have already seen that one. I, maybe I noticed it when I was watching it and have forgotten. Yeah. And then he's in yeah. the mist. And then he's uh, Darth Vader's secret apprentice. That character actually does have a name. It's Galen Merrick. But um, uh, in The Force Unleashed, Star Wars, The Force Unleashed. And, the, and then he did Smallville. And then he did The Force Unleashed 2. And then he's in The Walking Dead for two episodes as Tank Soldier. Oh, he's in the he's in the the beginning. He's in he's in he's in oh. like the beginning of season one. Because um, <clears throat> there's like the flashback, isn't there, to the the soldier that that Rick finds in the tank? Uh, or is it Rick or Glenn? I can't remember. I don't long, know. Time, long time, long time. I definitely only watched the first few episodes. Man, I didn't finish that either. Holy, this is upsetting. See, like, like here's the thing is that Smallville 2008 <laughs> to 2009 being yeah. human 2011 to 2014. It's two years after yeah, 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 he yeah, finished yeah. his run on Smallville yeah. being human yeah. starts. Uh-huh. You're ridiculous. Amanda. I, everything means the same to me. It's all the past. I don't know. I'm and then cool. he's eventually in the Clone Wars. Or he, I guess he was in the Clone Wars at somewhere, somewhere in there, but Clone Wars isn't going to show up until way later because his most recent appearance is from last year. So, uh, uh, well, yeah, okay. Sam Witwer's in everything Star Wars now. By the way, I, I don't, I don't know if everybody I, is I aware of that, but yeah. he's a, he's in Clone Wars. He's in uh, uh, Battlefront Two. He's in Star Wars Rebels. He's in Solo, obviously, because he's Darth Maul. Um, or he, I mean, in that he's the voice, and and uh, uh, Ray Park is the is the the body. Uh, he's in Fallen Order as just random characters in the background uh vader immortal star wars resistance he's just in all of the star wars stuff uh yeah sam whitworth's fantastic um, what were we actually talking about I we like nothing we that real hard nothing okay, we were we were we're talking good. about I'm my little pony and that's how we got to okay. sam whitworth relax <laughs> okay, about it. good just, we were gonna I talk feel- about the whole uh the whole marvel losing the rights to to spider-man and a bunch of other characters but uh but who cares talk about my little pony my little pony in smallville yeah delightful here's the thing with the marvel stuff just i just this is the only thing that i that i need to say on it everybody just needs to calm down (laughs) everybody needs to relax we went through this a few years ago with superman and the schuster estate uh the schuster and siegel estates uh and um and the character of Superboy was not allowed to be used for several years uh, until eventually they made a deal and then Superboy's back. <laughs> they literally killed him in the comics because they couldn't use him. And then it ended and they brought him back. And since then, Superboy's in almost everything. I, I, yeah, like it's... I, we might end up with the same thing here. I don't think that we will. I think that Warner Brothers uh, is a lot uh, grumpier about this sort of thing. I think Disney has, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Disney has better legal counsel that is going to figure out a solution to this. And that the Disney executive is better at this stuff 
and cares more about this stuff than AOL Time Warner, which is like primarily a telecommunications company that happens to also own DC Comics. Like it is not it is that is very different from Disney, which yes is another omni global megacorp, but um but it's an omni global megacorp that was founded on on IP, right? Not on uh uh, uh you know uh, charging you to access phone lines. Um so I AOL Time Warner has a tendency to look at their their IP as things that get licensed out and uh, uh, commodities to be uh, sold and traded um, for profit. Whereas Disney, I think, as a corporation, just in its DNA, has a tendency to look at at properties and IP as as like ways to tell stories that happen to make them a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> right um they're, they're they're much better at looking at it and going like if we tell good stories we make a lot of money as opposed to warner brothers which we have watched over the last few years i i <laughs> look at marvel and go what are they doing how can we do that but different i uh, because we just want to make money um, off of these ips that we happen to own because we bought them a million years ago uh, so yeah, I think that Disney will do a much better job of sorting this out with the estates involved, uh, the estates of like, uh, uh, Steve Ditko and Stanley and, and others. Um, but, uh, everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. If Disney can make a deal with Sony and keep that deal going to continue to have Spider-Man in the MCU, they'll sort this one out. The, at the end of the day, it's just about the estates wanting what they're owed. Right. Like if, 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 if legally they're entitled to some of this cash, then they should get some of that cash. That's, that's the way it goes. Uh, Disney has been good about (laughs) blocking access to that stuff, but uh, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure what precipitated it in this instance, but I, I, yeah, it's I, th- I think it's just a timing thing. I think that it's like just just where it's at. But but I, I was saying to you before we started recording, Amanda, uh, the, the ironic thing in all of this is that if Disney didn't lobby so hard to be able to retain control of their IP, um, Spider-Man, Captain America, a bunch of these characters, Iron Man, like they all would have entered into the public domain a few years ago. <laughs> At which point, like, none of this would be an issue. And if Disney wants to make the best Iron Man movie, then they get to make the best Iron Man movie. It's just that everybody at a certain point can make an Iron Man movie. Uh, which, like, I don't know. Because then you get into, the you get into like, Robin Hood, King Arthur territory, where, like, anybody can make a Robin Hood movie. Well, Sherlock territory as well. Sherlock everybody territory, yeah. Sherlock. Um. I mean, like that one's a little bit different because the 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 estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle does control some of the Sherlock stuff. Some of it, yeah. Still yeah. to this day, so there are only certain stories that you can tell. Um, but I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I. If those laws hadn't been modified, everybody would be able to just tell Spider-Man stories, which part of me goes like, that'd be kind of rad. That would be really cool. I don't understand that though because doesn't do can't the companies that own the comic books just keep renewing their 
rights to it. <clears throat> because they have changed the laws to do that. But that was right. not the intent of copyright law and 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 the idea of things entering the public domain. Because I, I think when copyright law was like sort of first established, it was it was something like 60 years because yeah, it was essentially like it was it was meant to sort of be like lifetime. Like it was like once the once the 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 person who created this has died, it 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 should go to the public like just whoever wants to to write the to to tell these stories should be able to do it but um but disney and other companies have have fought really hard to create loopholes i mean like disney gets the the majority of the responsibility for it because mickey mouse is the character that that really kind of propels these these lobbying efforts because mickey mouse as an icon not even as a character, like in a story or any of the like <laughs> the rich lore of the character Mickey Mouse, of which it does not exist. <laughs> um, it's not that's not what it's about. It is literally about the logo. It's literally about the emblem of Mickey Mouse on a T-shirt, on a hat, on a pair of socks, uh, uh, on uh, literally ears that you put on your head. Disney wants to make sure that nobody else can make Mickey Mouse ears uh, because you go to Disneyland, you get your Mickey Mouse ears. But to me, it's like, like at a certain point, like, like let anybody do it. It doesn't matter because the good content's going to win out, right? Like, like the good, the, the best product is going to win. That's sort of, that's, that's how we've designed uh, uh, the system I, uh, that's how capitalism works <clears throat> Disney has the most money they're going to make the best Mickey Mouse product but but I also understand wanting to control your brand and make sure that you know <clears throat> somebody else isn't out there I mean like if Mickey Mouse enters the public domain then you can make you can legally make Mickey Mouse pornography and there's nothing Disney can do about it anymore and it's like Mickey Mouse is a Mickey Mouse is more than just a character. Like I said, like he's an icon. He he kind of stands for something. Uh, he's almost a religious spiritual figure uh, in in modern day and uh, and means a lot to children all over the world. <laughs> uh, so maybe it's good that that that. Disney keeps control of that property because they're good stewards of that property and they they make sure that Mickey Mouse isn't used for those purposes. But at the same time, they also use Mickey Mouse. They put put Mickey Mouse on something when they do a, you know, real estate development that uh, might, you know, be harming the environment or I don't know. I'm just making I'm not making stuff up, but just kind of not speaking about anything specific, but just kind of. Disney, yeah. the corporation, puts Mickey Mouse <laughs> on things in order to uh, uh, pacify the public, uh, where they might they might not necessarily be doing the best thing. the The current incarnation of the Disney Corporation is not as bad as past incarnations have been. Uh, Michael Eisner was really bad. He was really really bad. Where it was like, just put Mickey Mouse on the thing, and everybody will be cool with it. There's a lot of history there with. 
them wanting to they wanted to build a historical theme park in the the northeast i i i basically something that people from like new york boston like that sort of area could travel to like that was like a couple hours away and so they were gonna build it on like an old uh battlefield and like the whole thing was gonna be like american patriotic like rah rah uh, the history of america sort of thing um and 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 i i i I can't remember i can't remember where it was that they wanted to do it but wherever it was successfully fought against and like basically like lobbied against disney and 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 shut it down (laughs) under the thing of like hey hey here's an idea guys i don't pave over actual historical sites so that you can put up animatronic historical sites. That's not, that's not how that works. It's like, it's like if they went and they were like, you know, you know what we're going to do? We're going to, we're going to tear down the Taj Mahal and then we're going to build a Taj Mahal theme park on top of it. And it's like, but, (laughs) but the Taj Mahal is right there and it's like the actual historical thing or like, or like, let's just knock down Stonehenge and put up Stonehenge Water Park. <laughs> it's like, don't worry, there will be educational that would be stuff. There will be, be there will be plaques and stuff where they can learn about Stonehenge. It's like, no, no, no. So it's, I uh, yeah, yeah. Michael Eisner was a real big dum dum. I I defunct land is an awesome YouTube series that I highly recommend to anybody who likes. Uh, theme parks and wants wants uh, theme park history. Um, after I went to Disneyland for my first time in 2010, I uh, and 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 started becoming obsessed with with the Disney parks. Uh, I eventually found that that YouTube channel and have watched every video on it to learn wow. everything that I can about the the thing about Defunct Land. Uh, D- uh, Disney Dan is another really good YouTube channel for Disney. Uh, uh, theme park enthusiasts but uh, the thing about defunct land that's really cool the reason why it's called defunct land and they've branched out not just doing disney stuff but doing just theme parks in general um is that like he focuses on uh, uh kevin perjurer is the guy who does does the show uh he focuses on stuff that's been shut down so that's why it's called defunct land uh so it's like rides that don't exist anymore um right. and like the 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 initial premise was that he was that they were gonna take all the rides and 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 make an imaginary theme park out of all of the defunct rides from disneyland and and wherever um and they were gonna do like a virtual thing i think that that has kind of i don't know if that's still happening but but uh they were doing that at one point where where it would be like a vr experience that you could go in and like ride the original um oh, uh, disneyland okay. submarine the 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 twenty thousand leagues under the sea submarine because now it's finding nemo right but it's like sort of almost as like historical documents of like archiving these different rides and stuff but uh yeah defunct land is awesome we did it we did it that's an episode Woo-hoo. we yeah. were all over the map we talked about all of the pop culture that I think anybody needs to know about. <laughs> and like I said, if you want more Ted Lasso conversation, I uh, give us $10 a month. There you go. 
Here's the, this is the thing. Yeah, like you only have to give us ten dollars this month, and you could go in. This is how Patreon works. It's fantastic. You could go in, and you could like download the last. Uh, how long have we been doing it this way? My goodness, my goodness. Like year and like years. like two years. When yeah. did? Because Arrow At Arrow ended right before the pandemic started, right? There you go. Yeah. So it so it's like it's uh, we're we're coming up on two years of like this format of like the the uncut and blah blah blah. There are other bonuses and stuff that you can go back from like old, old the older models that we had, but um, you go you can just pay ten dollars this month, go back download all of that stuff, and then listen to and like and then and then like stop. Don't you don't have to support us after that point. You can like stop after one month. And as, as a matter of fact, like you pay for your first month up front, like it charges you the second that you sign up. And then you could just immediately like download stuff and then immediately cancel it and not get charged for the next month. And then listen to all that stuff and, and like wait until you're done and then come back and then do that again. Or you could just pay us $10 a month. I've, I feel like that's easier to just like set it and forget it, you know, like, like the slap chop, but uh, <laughs> slap, slap chop is not set wow. it and forget it. Set it and forget wow. it is, is, <laughs> oh man. What infomercial is set it and forget it? It's I feel like, like a slow cooker of some kind. I yeah, it's it is it's yeah. It was one of those. I uh, I I don't think it was a slow cooker. I think it was like a pressure cooker thing of like set it and forget it, and it's like 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 you would see them like put in the the steak. God, oh my god, they would put in a steak in this thing and like close the lid, set it and forget it, and then come back after the like 15 minutes or whatever. And it would just be this like just massacred T-bone steak. <laughs> they would cut into it and go, look at that delicious, juicy steak. And it would just be solid brown, like the same color all the <laughs> way through, which anybody who enjoys a steak, I know I'm not talking to you, Amanda. You can, you can stop listening for, for a minute. But like anybody who enjoys a good steak, it's like, why would you do that to a piece of meat? Why would you do that to a piece of meat? And also, also steak, mind-numbingly easy <laughs> to do on your stovetop or your barbecue. Like, it's literally just about preheating the surface. That's the only thing you need to care about. I mean, if you want to get fancy with the butter and stuff like that, you can do that. Put put the put the rosemary or something like that in there if you want to be if you want to be all Gordon Ramsay about it or whatever. But if you just want to have a decent steak, you just turn on your barbecue just five minutes on each side and you're done it's not his steak is not hard i don't understand why they use that as the example other than to just show like hey you can throw a whole chicken breast in here and yeah it'll be rubber but you but you could technically eat it without dying set it and forget it uh infomercials do kids these days know what infomercials are i don't know i don't think they do i don't think they do they they don't they, like they sell things they don't have to now. they don't have to deal with oh it's a professional day <laughs> I got no place else to be it's November I'm not going outside right now and it's two o'clock in the afternoon there's nothing yeah. on TV for another hour I guess I will watch these people talk about this dehydrator <laughs> see what this dehydrator is yeah, all about. 
and tell my parents we should buy this dehydrator you guys we could make our own we could make our own beef jerky you guys and then Whoa. you and then and then they buy the your parents buy the dehydrator and you know what they use it for fruit i was gonna say fruit 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 Fruit. What, I mean, that's what a dehydrator is Do you know how many times my mom made beef jerky with the dehydrator? None. None One time. Times. One time. Oh, okay. And it was not good. It was not very good beef jerky. Maybe that's why she didn't remake it. I, I think that's 100% why. I think that 100% she was like, we could just go to the store and get beef jerky. I could, this is, it, it costs Correct. more money to do it this way. And it also took Correct. so long. It took so, Correct. the dehydrator is not a great, it's just buy dehydrated apricots at the store guys just get the mango in the package don't buy the dehydrator it It is not worth the effort um as we're wrapping up i do just want to uh can't be uh thunderquack without a little bit of political stuff um in canada this week uh the 30th actually it might be orange shirt day everywhere but um is the the national day for truth and reconciliation in canada so i do just want to um encourage folks if you're listening to this especially if that day has passed uh just to do a little bit of research uh they're still finding or recovering rather not um uh many you know children graveyards at residential schools and it's a lived trauma that is being experienced by many people in north america um indigenous uh individuals and so i just encourage you to do what you can we at my work are being given the day off um a lot of in canada it was declared as sort of a federal holiday so federal workers get the day off um so banks and things like that are being closed and then there are certain businesses that are also honoring that and i'm very very grateful that my studio is one of them uh they are encouraging us there was a great resource that they sent out uh to just explore different uh authors and people that have been writing and uh about uh, indigenous issues for many years and uh but one thing that i'm going to participate in is uh a thing called one day's pay and it's the idea uh that especially on something where it was given to us as a as a day off essentially that we that we still get paid for is that where can we put that money back into the community um and specifically uh in canada one of the organizations i did donate to uh when all this sort of first came out was the indian residential school survivors society um but there's also the orange shirt society anyways it's a great resource if you want to sort of look at at different ways that you can get back to the community and help with some of the truth and reconciliation that needs to happen uh, in our community. So I just wanted to sort of do a, a shout out because that is happening this week. And I think it's good for us to stay uh, connected and learn uh, as much as we can uh, to honor the land on which we live. Because most of us came here and are not uh, not the original stewards of this land. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's it. That's that's what I wanted to uh yeah i don't get the day off my company is not specifically recognizing uh the day which i'm i'm uh let me be honest i'm a little miffed about not because i want the day off i actually have way too much work to do to take a day off (laughs) yeah but i just i just think that it's a i i extend my appreciation to 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 mainframe to where to where you work that you guys are recognizing it because uh 
because I, I think that it should just be a national holiday. Like, I think that this is, uh, this is something that like, like remembrance day, um, you know, I mean, like for God's sake in May, we celebrate a queen who's been dead for, I don't even know how long, right? Like who cares? Yeah. Who cares? What does the monarchy have anything to do with Canada anymore? And yet we we recognize that, right? Yeah. Every year. Yeah. And I mean, like, like let's be honest, we do it because it's the beginning of summer. That's what marks the beginning of summer in Canada. <laughs> I, I, yeah. It like Memorial Day in the week in in the Memorial Day weekend in the states, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like, hey, uh, this is the beginning of vacation season, the end of school and everything. Um, but I, I. Yeah, it 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 really it really feels like a little bit of a half measure and then it leaves it on on individual it companies is. as to it whether is. or not There's they care enough about mm-hmm. it and it's like yeah. I don't know. I don't uh That's it's it's a lot. It's a little bit of a it's it's quite controversial I think in not fully going there. I mean, our it's one of the things about Canada like there's a lot of things where Canada tries but falls short hmm. in many, many, many ways. Yeah. And at least I will say they tried. And now, I mean, hopefully enough, enough businesses and enough individuals can can participate in that conversation in a meaningful way. And we can yeah. continue to move the yeah. move the needle uh, towards truth and reconciliation uh, as much as possible. Yeah, but, uh, I, th- I think I, it's a, I think it's a really important conversation. You know, I get here's the thing. Kids don't have school, which means that conversations happen at school about why, why aren't you guys coming into school on Thursday? Right. Uh, right. And that's, that's good. <clears throat> Cause that's the beginning. That's a re- that's a really good, strong starting point because the generations that are after us, like us specifically, I don't think that we're going to change all that much with them maybe a little bit here and there, there, there might be a few hearts that are soft enough that, that, that we can get in there and, and change some uh, uh, old ways of thinking about indigenous people in Canada. But I think for the most part, it's a lost cause. Let's look at the last few years as an example uh, that, uh, you know, <laughs> we're just kind of waiting out that generation to shuffle <laughs> onto the next <laughs> phase. I, but but to me, with a lot of this stuff, a lot of the progressive stuff that we talk about on a regular basis, um, especially in the last couple of years, as Kara has gotten to that age where where I can talk to her about some of this stuff, I uh, I find that that to me is where we can actually have the most impact. Is maybe I can't change the world but I can change the way that she sees the world. I can change the way that Cassie sees the world and hopefully they will influence their friends and hopefully having a day like, like a national day for truth and reconciliation, uh, something that is acknowledged in school in the same way that we, that we do for remembrance day on November 11th, that like we can have those conversations like we do in November about remembrance day and when Mm -hmm. we talk about you know we 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 all in elementary school learn to to recite flanders fields and and all of that sort of stuff so hopefully we can we can get this to that point where where that stuff for us part of part of our growing up 
that this conversation about truth and reconciliation can be a part of the fabric of the educational process for them. And then they'll be in a better place to, to bring up the next generation after them to, to, to do even better. So, you know, it's like, like I, like I'm going to be grumpy about it, but at the same time, like you said, like you said, like it, this, it's a start, it's a beginning, it's better than nothing. Um, but let's not compromise too much at the same yeah. time. Right. Yeah. Which is the very Canadian thing to do. Kind of like you're saying, it's like, sometimes we're like, you know what, let's just like, but maybe if we just all meet each other halfway, everything will be okay. Yeah. And then nothing ever really happens. Nothing ever really yeah. changes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to continue to be a little bit grumpy about this one and vocal about this one. But I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm so well, I'll make a, I'll make a couple of uh, passive aggressive comments during meetings this week, and there we'll see where that go. gets me. Uh, go. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Um, All right. But yeah, uh, thank you for thank you for for bringing that up because that, that was definitely something mm-hmm. worth mentioning that I would have just forgotten about because yeah. uh, I'm 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 too excited to get back to watching Midnight Mass. Well, there you go. Because I'm a bad Enjoy. person, but uh, be no. better than me. <clears throat> so just what I tell my kids, just be better than me. <laughs> uh, cool. That's it. That's it. Like I said, we did it. I said we did it like 15 minutes ago. I know. I know. I know. Right? I did. I did no, no, that. it's good. It's good. It was worth yeah. it. It was worthwhile. Yay. Like you said, it wouldn't be an episode of Thunderquack, especially because we're every two weeks. It's like, we got you got to make sure yeah. you get it in there. Otherwise, it's just um. fluff. I... <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Maybe sometimes it's okay to just yeah. be fluff. Just, yep. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I'll be back next week. I'm gonna talk about Midnight Mass. Um, guess what I'm gonna do? We'll talk. We'll talk. I'll talk to you guys in a week about Midnight Mass. Amanda, you'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna see Venom? I didn't technically watch the first one oh. so probably will gonna, not watch the second i'm gonna one. make the pitch to you and i'm gonna make the pitch to everybody else okay do not go into this thinking of it as a spider-man superhero anti-hero movie of course of course yeah yeah it is alien goo rom-com it is a story about a man <laughs> and his and his alien symbiote symbiote as they call it in the, it's so awful i don't know why they say it so weird in the movie but everybody does everybody says symbiote and it's like it just say symbiote uh or or say what we said in the 90s symbiont <laughs> there's no n in the word there's no there's no symbi- symbiotic is the yeah anyways i uh, uh yeah it's it is a love story between a man and his alien goo friend I, I, Which and I them, get. You get the them, vibe. I get the vibe yeah. for that. And Woody yeah. Harrelson, he's a good time. So yeah. It, and so this this like one this movie. one is between a man and his alien goo, uh, uh, and his and the other alien goo and a serial killer. Yeah. And it's directed by Andy Serkis. And 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 <gasps> to be honest, oh, like that is that. the thing. That's the thing that's got me the most excited. The first one's not right, but the, but this new one is directed by Andy Serkis. I want to uh. see. Andy Serkis is yeah. such a such a cool, creative person, uh, such a great artist, um, and his performances. <sighs> Man, I'm just gonna take a second. We do not talk enough about Andy Serkis 
in the force awakens and the last Jedi. And I really want to make an effort for that to be a bigger part of the conversation because Snoke comes up, but that's the thing about Andy circus is that we never talk about Andy circus. We talk about his characters. We talk about Gollum. We talk about Caesar in the planet of the apes movies. We talk about Snoke. He disappears into those characters. He's so good. I am excited to see what he does with, with the venom franchise. Um, I'm yeah. going to see it on it's Thursday. It's a good choice. Night. It's a good choice for him. Like it's that, I really, I, it's I a see beautiful. It. It, makes, it makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah, Very two cool. great well, tastes. I'm excited taste to great hear what you. Um, I'm excited to hear what I, you think. I, I I think that you would actually, if you give Venom a fair shot, I think that you would actually really like I, it. I uh, the thing is, I have watched most of Venom because somebody else on a plane was watching it while I was watching it through yeah. the seats. So I under I know what happens in the first Venom. So. But I could, I could watch it. Yeah, it's, but but the here, the thing about Venom is that it's not it's not it's not about the destination. It's about the people that he eats along the way, right? So, oh, cute. You know, I I I'm excited for Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> what a yeah. subtitle! <laughs> uh, it tells that tells me everything that I need to know. I I tweeted today, high hopes, low expectations, which is the oh, sweet spot for great. me. It's like. It's true. Because no matter what, no matter what, I think I'm going to be okay. (laughs) High hopes, low expectations. Uh, Woody Harrelson's either going to give a brilliant performance or an entertaining performance. Hopefully both. (laughs) Um, Nice. Yeah. Cool. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about whatever we end up talking about. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.